You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Boot computer, list of today's guests, signing in chat room, lining up news articles, checking levels, adjusting camera, secure wire connection, restart computer, checking video feed. With all she's got to do, you'd think Nicole Sandler was a one-woman band. Well, she is, and she's ready for another show. And now, here's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. It's President's Day. Do you know all the presidents? Sing along. George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison... James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, William Harrison, John Tyler, James Polk, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, Chester Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Dwight D. John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, oh, no. 46. Really? Uh, Donald Trump, they just they just put him in there like another typical president. I was waiting for the punchline. I was waiting for what? Who? Uh? No, I guess not. Well, happy President's Day, everybody. Do you know it's not actually President's Day? Today is actually the um, uh, the, the it, it's the it's the day to celebrate Washington's birthday. And then we rolled Lincoln's birthday into it. And then it then it became President's Day. So. All right. You know, it is a holiday. I guess I could have taken the day off. And, and frankly, I thought about it. And then I thought there's just too much to talk about. Today, we, we, uh, we awoke to, um, uh, to, to President Biden in Ukraine with President um, uh, 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 Zelensky, right? That's a way to celebrate President's Day, I suppose. Um, you know, Jake Colley says, I was hoping for an Animaniac-style song. There was one. I opted for that one instead. But there is an Animaniacs-style song of, of the American presidents. Go figure. I was actually, I was looking for like a funny, you know, song to celebrate the um, 
American presidents, but the only real, the only ones I could find, you know, were about the former guy. So uh, I'll share one with you. Um, this one I almost played, but I didn't, mostly because, well, um, well, because. But uh, but I'll play it for you now because it only runs like two and a half minutes. And the singer here is Paul from Peter, Paul, and Mary. Impeachable. <laughs> That's what you are. Mm-hmm. Impeachable. And yet, so far. Avoided closer scrutiny, even though Vladimir Putin he <laughs> opened many doors. It only makes you more impeachable, and when someday. We can say you're fired And you go away You may have thought you were unreachable But history makes some moments teachable Someday Pence may be Impeachable well, too. Yeah, but no, please, no. <laughs> uh, again, Peter. I'm sorry, Paul from uh, from Peter, Paul, and Mary. No, Paul Stuckey is his name. Um, so there you go. I, something humorous there. But the thought of Pence. Pence would be impeachable, but he will never get elected, so we're not going to go there. All right. Um, we need to, on this President's Day, send out... Um, well, send out uh, um, thoughts and prayers. At the one time, it is uh, the appropriate thing to do. And that those go to Jimmy Carter, who at 98 years old has opted for hospice care. And um, we know what that means. So, uh, yeah, so far it's a good audio day, I hope, I think. Yeah, right? Uh, hi, Spocko in the chat room. So today, um, yeah, we will talk a little bit later on, probably, about uh, Biden going to Ukraine. And um, yes, Gone Fishing says, need to redo the song and change impeachable to indictable. Good idea. Gone Fishing, there's your assignment. Do it. You can write new words, and you know what? We can give them to um, Lauren Mayer, and I bet she would... She would do it for us. All right. But what I want to do today is because, you know, every day that goes by, I told you the governor here on this uh, in this crazy state um, throws more shit against the wall to see what sticks. And um, today, the front page of the Miami Herald, you see, it's a big headline right below the masthead. And it says, Florida's a battleground, but not for votes. It's the civil rights left versus the anti-woke right. We have this guy who, for whatever reason, uh, is people still refer to him as, you know, uh, the, the possible, you know, next president of the United States. Ron DeSantis is everything that's wrong with Donald Trump magnified. He's just not a good person. So the the byline on this piece, by the way, is Mary Ellen Kloss. She is the capital, um, uh, uh, main capital reporter for the Miami Herald. She's been, she's been reporting on Florida politics, certainly for as long as I've been in the state, um, back, you know, this time. Um, but, but for a long time, she's been at Miami Herald, I think since 2004 or thereabouts. And um, so I'm going to share with you. She's going to join us in a few minutes. I asked her 
to join us because, as I told her, I've been trying to sound the alarm to the rest of the country. And, yeah, see, Rob Law in the chat room says, Happy President's Day, something Ron DeSantis will never be able to celebrate. Well, let's hope not. And that's why we are exposing him. I need to share. I mean, the latest. So last week you heard there were a couple of days of big protests in Tallahassee um, over his uh, total. Look, this is a man who wears his racism um, loud and proud. I mean, you know, so his. I was going to say his latest thing, but it's one thing after another, so I can't even put a time stamp on it. But one of his most recent um, things is dissing, doing away with the advanced placement, um, the, that's a high school course, advanced placement African-American studies uh, course, because he said it serves no educational value. And you see, here's the thing about moron death sentence. Unless you agree with him and his stance, his beliefs, whether it's religion, whether it's the value of African-Americans to the, to the, the society in this country, whether it's, um, <laughs> you know, a person's right to come to this country and seek asylum, whatever it may be, whether it's your right to talk to your kid, um, uh, uh, you know, to share the fact that uh, Susie has two mommies or not. This, this, is, this is not a guy who I agree with. But if you don't agree with him, then he says you are trying to indoctrinate the students. He's the one who um, said it was just a lie. It was a made-up story that a teacher photographed the empty shelves in his classroom because they were ordered to take all the books out until they could be screened by a group of not educators, people who did not go to school to learn how to educate the next generation, not people who are Maybe doctors in education like Jill Biden is. No, they poo-poo those people. But people who, oh, they're parents or they're community members. Um, uh, you know, if you don't agree with Ron DeSantis and his bigotry, then you are guilty of, one, being woke. I'll take that label. And two, trying to indoctrinate our children. Well, you know what? I believe that DeSantis is trying to indoctrinate our kids to be racist, to be bigots, to be anti-Semitic, to be um, uh, xenophobic. If you don't think and act exactly how he does, he says you're a bad person. Right? Um, Now, because he doesn't like the college board because they disagreed with him, now, they, look, whether the college board is legit or not, it's they've been around for 125 years. Maybe they need to be refigured out. Maybe it needs to be revitalized. But it's not up to Ron DeSantis to make that call. I would like a board of educators to make these decisions. I want a teacher who has a degree in education to decide what books are in the classroom library that my child visits every day and not some other parent who said, oh, I'm offended by a book that that helps children, teenagers learn about their sexuality. I want those books in the library. Let me tell you a story. My kid, Allison, who you've heard me talk about uh, many times, was not a great student. You know, look, she got a had a rough start in life. She lived her first 18 months in an orphanage in Kazakhstan. She didn't get enough food. She certainly didn't get enough attention. And so she had some learning issues. She didn't like reading. But she went to a school that had a classroom library. And one day she came home with a book. And she was really excited about this book. She's like, Mom, this book, listen, to, this is really cool. This doctor... He separates conjoined twins. 
He is a brain surgeon and he it's called gifted hands and he separated he separates these conjoined twins. Well, it was a book about Dr. Ben Carson. Oh my god. Now would I have chosen that book for my then 14-year-old daughter, 13-year-old daughter to read? Hell no. But was I happy she was reading a book and excited about what she was reading? You better believe it. And I trust the teacher to know that that was a book that was appropriate for someone her age to read in the classroom library. Gifted hands. Again, when I saw the book she was reading, I'm like, oh, my God, my kid is reading about about, uh, Ben Carson. He's just a terrible person. But you know what? I guess he was a good doctor. And um, he, uh, um, uh, as a doctor, he, he, he did separate conjoined twins. So, look, the thing is, she's in school. The teacher said that book was appropriate for her grade level. And I'm not going to argue with her. I'm not going to say, no, I don't want my kid to read the book because I don't like the guy who, who was the subject of the book. No, I'm thrilled she was reading. But this governor says, until we pre-screen and pre-approve all these books, the, the, the classroom um, libraries are to be shut down. And a teacher took a photograph of the bare shelves in his room and tweeted it out and said, for those who are denying that this is really happening, here you go. Ron DeSantis said, that's fake news, basically. The next day, that teacher was fired. So, you know, this guy wants to have it both ways. And and as I've been doing all along, I call him out. All right, so I'm not going to do it alone, though. I'm really excited to welcome uh, our guest to the show today, uh, Mary Ellen Class. Is the um, capital? You're the you're the are you the chief capital reporter for the Miami Herald here in Florida? Capital bureau chief. Capital yeah. bureau chief. I knew it was something like <laughs> the that. Team effort up here. <laughs> um, so you're up in Tallahassee. Yeah. Okay, and and at the, I've been reading you at the Miami Herald for many many years. Uh, the paper has changed a lot. I'm glad you're still there. Um, today, your story is the is the lead story on the paper. It's about Florida's a battleground, but not for votes. It's the civil rights left versus the anti woke right. Do you think that everybody, all the the Republicans in Florida, want to be known as anti woke? Um, when did woke become a bad word? It's really interesting. Um, I was speaking to Chev Jones, the the Democrat state senator, who said it's almost as if woke is the new N word. Um, You know, it's 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 been appropriated by the right uh, to mean whatever whatever the listener wants to interpret it to mean. And it's got such a and, and there there is some. Um, they've actually been pretty out front about that, that they are using words like woke and critical race theory, which that is a word that people really didn't know what it meant. They still um, don't. And, and and so it now is applied to mean all these grievances that, you know, many people on the right have had. Um and and um, when it comes to woke, I asked the Senate, the incoming, uh, well, the day after the election, when Republicans gained a supermajority in the legislature, I had an interview with both the House Speaker, Paul Renner, and the Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. And the governor had just said, Florida is where woke goes to die. Yes, he did. And I, and I said, what does that mean to you? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> Senator Pasadomo said, I don't have any idea what it means. (laughs) She was honest. Now, Paul Renner was a little more explicit and he, you know, he says it, it is, you know, he had, he had a definition for it that was basically anything that's anti-progressive is viewed as something that we need to, you know, roll back. And, and this is where I have a big problem. And I think anybody who who has some common sense would have that problem. 
we are allowed to have a difference of opinion with our political leaders, right? That's but it's part of what this country was founded on. But it seems that with Ron DeSantis and like Trump before him, if you disagree with him, you're the enemy. If you disagree with Ron DeSantis on whatever it may be, uh, teaching African-American AP courses or uh, allowing children in kindergarten through third grade to understand that Susie has two moms um, and that that's okay, that that makes you a bad person and that what you're trying to do is indoctrinate these children into some horrible learning some bad stuff. Well, no, it's just it doesn't agree with him. So if you don't agree with him, then you're you're bad. That's what I'm taking from his actions. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have, have come to that, drawn that conclusion. Um, it's, it's one of those things that if we were allowed a really open and vigorous debate on these issues, um, if we had an opportunity to have some vigorous questions of the governor and to have him hear his defense, um, against hard questions, um, I think it would elevate the conversation and it might inform people more. I mean, I think there are some reasonable people on the right that have serious concerns about maybe the direction education has gone and maybe the, uh, the lack of parental involvement. Um, and there are things that, you know, could be improved. There's no doubt about it. Um, we, you know, the, the successes in education are not as Broad, I think there's a, a sense that there's they're afraid of the debate and afraid of a free and open exchange of, of ideas about it. They absolutely are, because Ron DeSantis won't allow any questioning. I mean, first of all, he doesn't allow reporters who don't agree with him in his press conferences. I mean, the, 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 the behavior he exhibits is is pretty scary. I think I'm hoping you're still there. It looks like you're frozen. Uh, Mary, I'm frozen. Can you hear me? <laughs> I, I can still hear you. That's good. So I can still hear you. Um, yeah. The, 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 you know, here's a perfect example. You had a, a big a couple of protests up in Tallahassee last week after DeSantis not only basically said, well, I'm not going to allow this AP African-American studies course in Florida schools. And then he said, we're probably going to do away with all advanced placement courses because I don't like the college board. Again, who died and made him king? So so there were protests. What's his response? Now there, there a new regulation goes into effect. And please correct me if I'm wrong here. But from what I see, it goes into effect March 1st just as the the new legislative session is about to begin, that um, gives the government the right to remove protesters from the Capitol? Um, Well, yes, and that is something that's been in the works for a bit. Um, Yeah. You know, if you recall the last couple, the last day of session, during the last session, there were were some black lawmakers that staged a sit-in on the floor of the House. Yeah, Angie Nixon, I remember, yeah. Yeah. And um, that was the and then there were protesters that are, that were making, you know, a lot of noise outside and, and really. And I think that made them say, OK, well, we're in charge. We're going to stop this. Uh, isn't pro t- I mean, isn't that part of our First Amendment rights? They weren't doing any. They weren't hurting anybody. They weren't violent. They were peacefully protesting. Well, there is a pattern of suppressing. um speech to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think they're u- using the idea that it all has to be civil and not disruptive. And um, there's a new word they're using. It has to align with a state purpose. Um, <laughs> and and so they've, they've now restricted um, the parts of the Capitol where people can, that people come in, uh, you know, special interest groups will put like the Alzheimer's Association puts a, a table together and allows you to, you know, learn about that disease and other, you know, all kinds of things like that all throughout the legislative session. And they've now imposed a new rule, which I hope to write about soon. And that is that you have to get permission from a, a state um, agency head 
before you can get space in the Capitol. So it's, it's, you know, restricting speech and demonstrations of speech in a pretty controlling way. Very much so. And again, you know, look, I I hate to say it. I I grew up in Florida. I was born in New York. My family moved down here when I was 11. So I went to middle school and high school here, down here. I went to Hollywood Hills High School. I went to the University of South Florida and I worked a couple of years and then I left. I went to New York did radio there for five years, moved out to L.A., Was did radio there for 15, uh, went to Boston, wound up coming back here I, oh, just about 20 years ago. And now I'm leaving. And I'm leaving because of this governor. And when people ask me why, I say because he's a fascist. It's the only word that I can use to describe the actions he's taken. Uh, You know, this is where woke goes to die. Well, woke to me is you're open to understanding other your your fellow humans. You're 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 open minded. You are compassionate. They're the opposite. You know, in your article today in the in the Miami Herald, Mary Ellen Kloss. Um, you you recounted the protests that were in Tallahassee last week. Uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, his National Action Network, and a, a lot of other African American leaders and others were up there protesting his doing away with the advanced uh, pro- advanced studies program uh, in in um, African American history. And you you outlined some of what the the leaders point to. As, you know, DeSantis's history of being anti-black. I just want to read this paragraph. His strong arming the legislature to pass a redistricting map that eliminated two congressional districts held by black Democrats. He did. His push for legislation aimed at criminalizing peaceful protests. His plan to ban colleges and universities from offering diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. This is a new recent thing. It's it's currently working its way through, I guess, the legislature. His ban on critical race theory, his law restricting the instruction of race relations in classrooms, and his rejection of the college board course on African-American studies. This is only the race stuff. He's he's done as much. I, I say, it, you know, Ron DeSantis's practice is to throw as much shit against the wall as possible every day, just to see what sticks and to distract the people from what he's doing, uh, what he did the day before. Perhaps I, you well, know, I, I think it's worth noting that Ron DeSantis has the loudest voice, but he's not the only one. Um, The UCLA School of Law has a tracking project that looks at what's happening with these equity, inclusion, and diversity programs. And um, they have found that at least 183 either local, state, or federal government entities across the country have adopted, you know, laws, executive orders, resolutions, and made statements basically that want to roll back these diversity, equity, and inclusion provisions in in public, um, in, in local, in government generally, mm-hmm. and to some degree, as DeSantis wants to do in private uh, companies, so it's it's a movement that's that's gaining traction, and um, and this they were tracking it, and I, I looked at what they had like a year ago, and it was maybe like fifty. Um, they they had tracked maybe fifty bills and resolutions and so forth. And now it's three, three times, almost four times that amount. Wow. You know, and there was a thing just this past week. Oh, you know what? I think I have a video of him talking about it. Um, what I think it's what you're talking about. The ESG, is that uh, this? That uh, it, it, he, he brings up these things. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to play. I, I've got it right here. <laughs> if I can just locate it. Um, DeSantis. Come on. I've got like a whole DeSantis folder of just ridiculous things he said. But here is um, him just a couple of days ago taking on ESG. The subject of today uh, is tackling this issue of ESG. Now they created this. These things just happen. I don't know where this stuff comes from. <laughs> But these elites grab it and they really want to impose it on the rest of us. So uh, it's called environment social governance. But basically, I think what it's devolved into is a mechanism to inject political ideology into investment decisions, 
corporate governance, and really just the, the everyday economy, uh, that is not ultimately something that is going to work out well for us here in Florida or in the United States of America. There's not a real groundswell no? for this from amongst the average uh, citizen. I think this is something where you have uh, a lot of folks, not just in the United States, but internationally. Sometimes they convene in places like Davos, and they have these ideas to try to do this. Uh, so to try to be uh, conscious of, uh, you know, doing good for the environment, what ESG is environment. I'm trying to remember what it was. It's, was- it's environmental um, sustainability and governance. So um, the, the idea and social sustainability, sometimes social, sometimes so environmental, social and governance standards. And the idea is um, much of it came about from um an awareness of what happened after the George Floyd protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there was already a, a growing awareness within the, I think, um, corporate world about the impact of, of climate change on their bottom line mm-hmm. and that there, there needed to be some, some kind of organized policies put in place to, um, do, you know, do best practices that would not undermine the the uh the climate and um and and then th- when the uh the protests happened there was an increasing awareness of the need for diversity and and equity and um so they that's when some of those DEIs as they're called diversity equity and inclusion programs were in- instigated and many people have said that the companies that embrace these might have been doing it just for good PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it raises a question as to how much, how, you know, how committed they are to these, these things. But I think what's missing, and if I could have a, a chance to really ask some hard questions of Ron DeSantis, I would ask him to explain when you are looking at the common good and, and what we're trying to do to, to lift everybody up. If you want to remove these programs that are aimed at helping people be more um, inclusive and, you know, if do you, you know, and if and do you disagree that having a diverse, diverse set of point of view uh, is is a bad thing? Um, you know, if if he can defend those values, then my question is, what is his alternative? What what is he offering that is going to replace these things he says he now wants to ban. Um, we just haven't had any discussion of what the greater goal here is. No, and that's the thing. I mean, he's like, that's they're injecting their ideology. Well, but he's injecting his, isn't he? By saying no to caring about the environment and sustainability, saying that doesn't matter to us, saying African-American studies doesn't have any educational value? Isn't he injecting his biases and ideology into the rest of us? Isn't that, isn't that indoctrination just from the other side? Well, I, you know, I would love to hear their answer. So, um, not, so you asked, can... right, you asked, you said, if I had the chance to ask him questions. When's the last time Ron DeSantis sat for an interview with somebody who wasn't from Fox or Newsmax or a partisan right-wing media outlet? Well, he's made it very clear that he has no intention of doing that. And what's even worse is that he knows that there is a the Florida press corps, for example, is the one that is writing everything he says and analyzing the record and understanding the programs and and implications of the policies. And so we're the ones that have the detailed questions. Um, We're not just trying, you know, we really are not interested in gotcha. It's Mm -hmm. more help us illuminate this. There there are people who are confused by this. Um, And, and it's really interesting because he doesn't want to hold press conferences in Tallahassee. Um, he makes sure that they're always somewhere else. He does. But if a local, you know, progressive citizen journalist should show up to try to ask some questions, they get forcibly removed. Not even just, oh, you don't have the proper credentials. 
I've seen videos of people being manhandled and taken out of the room. Um, and yet he's able to. Well, he does. He does let people ask questions and, and he, you know, submits to questions does in lo- local areas often. And that's that's helpful. I mean, every little bit helps. Right. Well, I guess, again, if, if it's uh, and, and look, I appreciate Mary Ellen, you coming on and doing this. You are a journalist um, by trade. You're objective. I'm not. I'm I'm incensed. I mean, I'm a parent thrilled that my daughter is out of school because if she were still a student, I'd yank her out and leave the state faster than I'm already going. And we are going because I can't live here any longer. Um, you know, after after DeSantis's stunt where he um, flew a bunch of migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard and was was sued, I guess, over it because the law in Florida says you can move migrants from Florida to other states. He went in and changed the law. So it now says that he can use Florida funds to relocate migrants from anywhere else in the country to wherever he wants to send them? Well, that was uh, basically that is one in a we've, there's been a ser- there were a series of, of things that they passed in the last year where they got ahead of their skis. They wrote the law in such a way that it really it, they either mis- they either had to implement it differently or they didn't really think through the details sufficiently. So um, they didn't do this in regular session. They had they did it in a special session and they used that session to kind of fix the the series of bills that didn't work out as intended and and one of them was this migrants thing because the legislature i think rightly included language that said you can use florida taxpayer money to relocate migrants who are here um who are unauthorized aliens mm-hmm. and you can send them to another state or or sanctuary city that wants them but what Ron DeSantis found is that they weren't finding anybody that fit that description. And so they went to Texas and they had to fly the migrants into Florida before they could fly them out. And that made them vulnerable to a lawsuit, which, you know, I think there was significant concern they were going to lose. So the governor has now announced that because he's changed the law, he thinks the, the law, the, the governor's office has, has asked the judge to dismiss the case and call the lawsuit moot. Oh, my God. What, you know, again, this these are the kind of things I just want to get the facts out so people around the country understand what this man is doing and how he thinks and operates. Because, you know, I'm sick of hearing uh, on the national media that he's a reasonable alternative to Trump. In my eye, no, he is not. And he's more dangerous than Trump, I think, because he's, you know, better educated. Um, here's a clip after the 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 sending the migrants to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Listen to the word salad as he tries to explain why he did this. The problem is, is we're not seeing mass movements of them into Florida. So you end up with a car with maybe two. And if we know that that's illegal and there's someone that's kind of smuggling, then then committing crime, then you can do arrest. There have been drug seizures, but that's not effective enough to stop the mass migration. But it's just coming in onesie twosies. So we've had people on the border for last summer. We've done a lot of intelligence and everyone down there will say between a third and 40 percent of the people coming across uh, are seeking to end up in Florida. And so we have to go and figure out, okay, who are those people likely to be? Uh, And if you can do it at the source and divert to sanctuary jurisdictions, the chance they end up in Florida is much less. Thought crimes? People who think he thinks that they might want to come to Florida, so let's get rid of them before they come. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know how anyone can listen to that with a straight face. And by the way, you mentioned the special session where they cleaned up these bills so that they would do what he wanted them to do. I thought that special session was to deal with our insurance crisis. People can't get homeowners insurance in this state. That was supposed to be fixed in the regular session last year. They didn't because Ron DeSantis had other things. They called a special session. They still didn't deal with this because he had all these other ridiculous bills that he wanted to push through. Has he done anything to fix the insurance problem we have in the state? We did. We did have a special session after the um, in back in November that did do some uh, 
made an effort to try and uh, have the reinsurance industry return to Florida so that um, there would potentially stop the exodus of companies from leaving Florida. Um, unfortunately, they admitted at the time that this none of these changes would have any short-term benefit on, on re- lowering the cost of property insurance. And we are now seeing that, um, I think in the next few months, people are going to see their the price of their homeowner's insurance rise even more. So the solution the legislatures had is that they want to restrict lawsuits. And they did that already in the November session on on property insurance. But oh they, they, they want to come back at it again. Um, but even that, all those things have a long tail, and it's really hard to show an immediate impact. So I think the pocketbook issues of living in Florida, the cost of real estate, the cost of property insurance, the cost of your utility bill, on top of all the inflationary pressures that are happening, um, are not going to change. And um, it, I think that the question that's facing legislators and this governor is what are they doing? And, you know, besides giving tax breaks to people, um, just, you know, temporary thing, temporary fixes, are they doing enough to make people feel confident that they're that, you know, they can afford to stay in their homes or afford to stay working here? I think that's an unanswered question and it's not on their agenda directly. And that's the problem because if you don't think like he does, then you're not on their agenda. It's just like Trump. He didn't want to, Joe Biden at least says he's the president for all the people, whether you voted for him or not. Trump didn't feel that way. DeSantis doesn't feel that way because I'm a Democrat and I, I am horrified by the things he's done. I am an enemy. That's not how democracy works. And I'm afraid that this is furthering the divide in this country. Um, and and again, it, the the end result is I'm leaving. We, you know, I've lived in this state more than half my life. We're going to Arizona because they chose not to elect the fascists. So um, you cover this state. Have you ever seen it more contentious than it is now? Um, you know, I think things are very divided. I also think that um, I think it's really hard for people on the left because they, you know, they sort of feel like they're in the in a true minority for the first time in a long time. We had a purple state for, uh, you know, about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that seems to be gone. And this is what it looks like now. And I think that's why they're. People, it sounds like you and others who are who are anxious and and concerned. I I think you know I I guess I'm a little bit of a. I believe in the system of government. I believe in checks and balances, and I've watched um, when good people are elected, no matter what party they're from, if they're really there for the right reasons. I have I think good things can happen. Um, but do we right have now, any of those in Florida? Well, right now the challenge is we don't have a good sense of what's, you know, what is the true motivation here and it and and the way the governor's operating it's almost as if the the goal is to appeal to a base so that he can run for a presidential campaign. And and does in that's a very short-term goal. Um, that may have long-term repercussions for the state. Um, Should have long-term repercussions for the state. Look, I'm a lung cancer survivor. I'm down a lung. I've been very, very cautious to not get COVID. I haven't. My husband hasn't. We've been good. We wear masks when, when we do go out. We've been vaccinated and boosted. Yet this governor actually you know, put gives out disinformation. He said this uh, just last month, I believe. Joe Latipo can talk a little bit more about it. Like almost every study now has said with these new boosters, you're more likely to get infected no. with the bivalent booster. No, that's a lie. So what possible reason could you force that? And we're one of only a few countries in the entire world that imposes that. I don't even think China imposes <laughs> that anymore. He says shit like this, and he mentioned Latipo, the Surgeon General, who's all who's an anti-vaxer. This is what I don't get. I've got other. I've got another clip of him 
berating high school students who were on a stage with him because they were wearing masks. Oh, take those off. It it literally turns my stomach. And I don't understand how people can can laud him for this behavior. There, well, it's, there is an absence of outrage for a reason. Um, and there, I think there was a Pew study that, that showed that over half of America wants somebody who is kind of a, a fighter um, who will push back against things. And I think he's demonstrated, if anything, Ron DeSantis is a pugilist. He wants to pick a fight always. And that's, that's how he has gained a reputation. So, um, you know, that, this is the this is what works and when something's working it's not they're not going to quit doing it <laughs> well it works it's worked for him you know uh, in the election people say he won by 20 points yeah the democrats did nothing they put up a they put up a former republican they didn't give people like me someone to come out and vote for and i did vote for charlie christ um but he wasn't the guy we needed to take on this bully we needed a, a fighter, a, a, a Democrat. Um, and so, you know what? I hope Ron DeSantis keeps doing exactly what he's doing. Because what we learned, what I learned from the midterms was that the American public does not want a bully, does not want someone telling them what they can't do, does not want someone telling them that their thought process is wrong, does not want someone telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Keep with this authoritarian stuff, and they will lose. I don't know about here in Florida. I think Florida is a lost cause. That's why I'm leaving. But I think on a national scale, this is not going to fly. So let Ron DeSantis keep flying his bully flag. I don't think it will work out for him in the long run. I hope I'm right. I know. Well, it's never dull. It's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, uh, my friend Jim Defeaty always said, "You got to." Oh, oops, oops, oh more. shut up! I didn't mean to. He just pops in out of the blue for no reason at all. Um, you know, said Florida politics is many things, but boring it never is. So that's right. There's that. Right. Right. <laughs> there's that. Ellen Kloss, thank you so much. You can follow her on Twitter at Ellen Kloss. See, read her at the Miami Herald. Um, thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate your time today. Sure. Good to, good to speak with you, Nicole. Thanks. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, you know that I will continue to beat the drum about Ron DeSantis because he is scary. Uh, and again, let him keep doing this stuff. Because I, I, I just think he's turning off more and more people, except for the, the maggots and the trolls who like this stuff. I guess if you live in the villages, you applaud it. I, 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 I don't understand it. For instance, I don't understand. Oh, let, let me find you a good one to play. Um, okay. Uh, I already played that one. All right. You know what? Here, let me let me just play some audio clips here. This is one of my favorite DeSantis clips. This will be for elementary school kids where they're instructed to tell them, well, you may have been born a boy. That may have been what you said, but maybe you're really a girl. No, that's wrong. So that is happening in our country. Anyone that tells you it's not happening is lying to you. So I think what we did in Florida was very important to lay down a marker to make sure that that's not something that that gained a foothold here in the state of Florida. And that, again, our kids are able to be kids. Our kids are able to be kids? How do you talk to kids, uh, moron? You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. (laughs) Please take them off. Please take off the masks. So if you want to wear it, fine. But this is is ridiculous. If you want to wear the mask, fine. But this is ridiculous. He said that. This is the governor of the state of Florida. And I say, duh, for good reason. This is the same man, oh, who signed the don't say gay bill. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. Oh, my God. Um, and, and, you know, I already played you the thing where his li- he lied about the vaccine. Now, Dr. Fauci, a man that I think 
served this nation well for decades. I think he served under six presidents. He fought against the AIDS epidemic. He protected us as much as humanly possible from COVID. And what did DeSantis say about Dr. Fauci? You have people like Fauci saying that his lockdowns didn't cause any permanent damage to any young kids. I got news for you, it did, and we are going to reap those rewards across the whole country for years and years and years because they treated kids so poorly. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. Grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. Really? I'm... I'm just, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. And we haven't even spoken yet about uh, the new college. Well, today we have it. The new college in Sarasota. Again, a haven for LGBTQ kids. That's who populates a 700 strong student body. It's a tiny school. And DeSantis put in one of his minions... And paid him an obscene amount of money. Obscene amount of money. More than double what the last chancellor or whoever ran the university, uh, the college, uh, was paid. It, it's, it's everything about this man is objectionable. Yet he can say those woke people as if we're doing something wrong. I, 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 I it, it, you know, I talk about opposite world all the time. This is opposite world. Everything you thought you knew, you never knew at all. Sideways is straight ahead. Facts no longer matter. Reality is now fiction. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, opposite world. <sighs> you know, I, I, I just, I, I. I I have to keep calling him out. As long as I'm here, I will keep calling him out. All right. Um, there's other stuff I got to get to, but I'll tell you what. I I, I pulled a few songs uh, that I want to share with you. One of them, you know, our pal Mangy Fetlocks, Bruce W. Nelson, is actually in Greece. Yeah, he's in Greece. Um, so, but he still, he brought his guitar with him and he's still doing an occasional little ditty. And in fact, tomorrow on this program, uh, Marcy Wheeler returns. And Marcy, I believe, spent the weekend reading through that Dominion filing. You know, all the stuff we've heard about Fox, the stuff that we knew to be true, that they lie, uh, that they lie incessantly, that all they do is lie, um, and that they all knew that Trump was lying, and yet they lied for him. And when the mics went off, they talked about how batshit crazy he and Rudy and Sidney and the rest of the crazy caucus were. So um, we'll talk with Marcy Wheeler about that tomorrow. And in the meantime, uh, Mangy Fetlocks has a little tune for you all the way from Greece. Take it away, Mangy. Howdy, folks. Mangy Fetlocks coming to you from Kavala, Greece. Laura and Tucker and Sean knew they were lying through their teeth. Laura and Tucker and Sean kept the truth buried beneath. Laura and Tucker and Sean nonetheless went shamelessly on. Night after night, deluding the right Laura and Tucker and Sean. They're pretty horrible people, really. They are. Laura and Tucker and Sean knew there was no election fraud. Laura and Tucker and Sean knew their evidence was flawed. (laughs) Laura and Tucker and Sean knew that Rudy's brain was all gone. Okay. Still, they persevered because the poor kids were scared. Laura and Tucker and Sean... (laughs) Something like that. Laura and Tucker and Sean were afraid Fox stock would fall. Yeah, they were. Laura and Tucker and Sean have no principles at all. You. Laura and Tucker and Sean knew what sand their house was built on. So they pushed the big lie to please the fat guy. Laura and Tucker and Sean. So they pushed the big lie to please the fat guy. Laura Laura and and Tucker Tucker and Sean. 
And that's about the best I can do on a day like this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mangy Fatlocks. Thinking of us from Greece, uh, Robert Naples. How are you putting up with this crap here in Florida? Robert Naples, can you hear me? Ah, he can't hear me. The same thing happened last week. You know what? I, I realize it's something having to do with uh, taking calls on that computer. I need to not do that. Let me try to open this on the other computer and see if I'll get that working. Um, you know, it's it's the gremlins in my studio. There, There's a song for you. Gremlins in my studio. All right. I'm not going to do that to you. Instead... Um, you know what? Maybe I'll play you another song because Lauren Mayer has a really good one. Um, You know, well, it's self-explanatory. Just take it away, Lauren Mayer. Okay. Smug, entitled white women act rude and overbearing. We use a common name for them. Let's say it rhymes with Sharon. But why should we blame all the nice folks with that name? When there's one gal who's never let a fact strike her. So kids, this song will teach you not to act like her. Don't be a Megan. Don't be a shrew. Don't think we're dying to hear from you. On issues where you're clueless, you snarkily opine. But you can stick your opinions where the sun don't shine. Nobody asked you to prosecute or proctor Whether the first lady is referred to as a doctor Your latest whining rant has us begging Don't be a Megan Don't be a Megan, don't be a nag Someone who's an overpaid and overrated hag Don't be so toxic, so racist and unfair That a network pays you 30 million to get off the air Don't claim you didn't know that blackface isn't okay And then later on defend it, which gives your game away Get your facts straight before you stick your neck in Don't be a Megan There are Megans and Megans as nice as can be but not many who spell it so pretentiously. Megan with a Y? Oh, for heaven's sake. Plus, don't our friends named Karen deserve a break? She's the only one who comes up when you Google this spelling, which I think makes my argument even more compelling. Don't be a Megan. Don't be mean and grouchy. Don't pander to morons by slandering Dr. Fauci or playing to the bigots on the far, far right. And by the way, neither Santa or Jesus was white. Boom! Don't start attacking the black national anthem like we're all your servants and you're the Earl of Grantham (laughs) for a base whom you're constantly egging on. Don't be a Megan. I mean, the one who's on the telly, whose last name is Kelly. Take it from me. Don't be a Megan. Lauren Mayer, Wait, everybody. Wait, don't stop the video. Oh, Just okay. one more quick thing. All I right. promise I'll be fast. Okay. If you enjoy these weekly videos, I yep. hope you'll consider supporting them so I can keep them going. Okay. You can do that for as little as $2 a month, and you get fun rewards. Check out my Patreon link and other support options in the description below, and I promise I'll keep helping you laugh at news that might otherwise make you cry. Thanks. All right. Patreon.com slash Lauren Mayer, and I think we have time for one more from the Parody Project. He's a shark. Knows the truth, dear And that knowledge will be his bite But what's known by that old Jack Smith, babe He keeps it out of sight You know, when he decides to use those teeth, babe Fear and caution will quickly spread It's a trick by that old Jack Smith, babe To uncover everything that was said Cause he's willing, uh uh-huh, to take action, uh uh-huh Against those fakers that take the fifth 
Already someone has started talking. Yeah, they've been chatting it up with old Jack Smith. So he subpoenaed that Michael Pence guy, don't you know? Ooh, so crafty with his retort. But all that changes when under oath, dear. Those gears start shifting when it hits the court. Now, did you hear Pete Navarro? How he bragged to Ari about drawing out his plan for a coup. Corrupt intent goes with every crime bit. You will see before Jack Smith is through. There's Louis Gomert, Lauren Bogart, <laughs> Madison oh, Cawthorn, and Old Mo Brooks. Oh, that line forms on the right, babe. In that kitchen full of crooks. I don't forget Scott Berry and no. John oh, no. Jordan. Paul oh, Gosar no. and Andy Biggs no. were both around. Oh, please. Bad news for Matt Gates, yeah. MTG, and others. Now that Jack Smith is in town. <laughs> Look out! Jack Smith is in town. Yeah. All right. Parody Project. And with that, we're done. That's it. That's our show for today. It is President's Day. This is your holiday programming for you. We'll be back tomorrow. Empty Wheel, Marcy Wheeler, here to talk about the Dominion filing and the oh-so-many problems over at the Fox Not News Channel. You know, these guys. Your original source for fake news. Fox News. We make shit up. I'll see you tomorrow, everyone. I'll leave you with the news. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. On this President's Day, we begin with news about presidents, past and current. We awoke to the news that our current president, Joe Biden, was in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. He arrived this morning in a high-risk visit to a city under constant threat. It is Biden's first visit to Ukraine since Russia launched its full-scale invasion just about a year ago on February 24th of last year, CNN reporting. There was a lot of security that went into this. This is a trip that many people have been waiting a long time for. And as you heard from President Zelensky talking about how meaningful this was, what a strong signal of support. And that is something we're hearing reflected again and again, talking to ordinary Ukrainians. We needed this right now, and we greatly appreciate it. This was the first time an American president appeared in a war zone that did not involve American troops. This was all done under a veil of secrecy. The trip had been in the planning stages for about a month. A scheduled trip to Poland provided the opportunity, and Biden marked the one-year anniversary of the war by walking the streets of Kiev, the same city Russia tried to seize 12 months ago. And of course, he met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Speaking from Kyiv, President Biden said, quote, One year later, Kyiv stands, and Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. Biden vowed to support Kyiv, quote, as long as it takes, and made supporting Ukraine central to his push for revitalizing the Western Defense Alliance in Europe. On a related note, Vice President Kamala Harris appeared at the Munich Security Conference in Germany this weekend. She delivered a speech Saturday in which she said, justice must be served. She explained that Russian forces have pursued a widespread and systemic attack against the civilian population. She recounted gruesome acts of murder, torture, rape and deportation, and also claimed that Russia has conducted execution-style killings, beatings, and electrocutions. The United States has formally determined that Russia has committed crimes against humanity. And I say 
to all those who have perpetrated these crimes and to their superiors who are complicit in these crimes, you will be held to account. Secretary of State Tony Blinken concurred, saying that the U.S. reserved these determinations for the most egregious crimes. While Russia has long been suspected of committing these crimes, this is the first time the United States has presented formal evidence. Now, news of a former president. Jimmy Carter entered hospice care at his home in Plains, Georgia on Saturday. The former president's charity, the Carter Center, said in a statement that the president had, quote, decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family instead of receiving additional medical treatment following a series of short hospital stays. The 98-year-old Jimmy Carter is the longest living president in American history. He was elected the 39th president in 1976, narrowly defeating incumbent Gerald Ford to win the White House. Following his one term, Carter became known for his humanitarian efforts and his work with Habitat for Humanity. This is when thoughts and prayers are actually appropriate. In other news, Congress is on recess this week, but that's not stopping House Republicans from moving forward on several fronts in their investigations of the Biden administration. Really? And on Thursday, the House Judiciary Committee Republicans are going on a field trip. They're headed to Yuma, Arizona for a visit to the border. Democrats have lambasted the hearing as a stunt and claimed they weren't properly consulted ahead of the trip. What else is new? Basketball star Brittany Griner has signed a deal to return to the WNBA with her former team, the Phoenix Mercury. The 32-year-old free agent reportedly inked a one-year contract worth $165,000. That's all? It brings her back to the city where she made a name for herself. Griner became known worldwide after she was arrested in Russia last year for possession of cannabis oil and sentenced to nine years in a Russian penal colony. Following a series of intense negotiations, the U.S. was able to get Griner released in a prisoner swap. She returned home last December. People in East Palestine, Ohio, are still understandably concerned about the air quality after a train carrying hazardous materials derailed this month. And then the railroad decided to burn the chemicals. What could possibly go wrong? Well, the Biden administration now says it's deployed federal medical experts to help assess what dangers remain there as anxious residents still complain of adverse health effects. Stay tuned. The Supreme Court on Tuesday will hear oral arguments in the first of two cases regarding a little-known law that shields platforms like Google, Twitter, and YouTube from lawsuits over third-party content posted on their sites. The final outcome of this case could have far-reaching repercussions for online speech and content moderation. Tomorrow is also known as Fat Tuesday. It's the culmination of carnival season and the last big blowout before Lent begins. If you're in New Orleans, party on. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button. 